Why, hello there, and welcome back. Today's episode is with my friend Cynthia, who is an SEO or search engine optimization expert. And I have to be honest, I was kind of like on the fence about having her on the show because the last thing I ever want is for anything on this show to be overwhelming and for you to feel like, oh, she had a PR person on and she's an SEO person on and she's got all these, there's all these different things I have to do. So I never want anyone to be overwhelmed. But then my friend Vicki Schilling made a great point. And she was like, you know, I used to feel that way too. And then I realized that I am not responsible for the content that my audience consumes and they can take or leave what works for them and what, you know, what they need to hear. And I was like, you know what? That's a really good point. So because SEO is just something that we just can't avoid, like it's not sexy. It doesn't give you quick results. You don't get that dopamine hit of comments and likes and followers increasing, but having a really strong SEO game, you just, I mean, people are Googling stuff all day, every day. And I know it's not just about Google, but I think that's like the top thing that comes to people's mind, but you really do need to have a strong SEO strategy in place in order to be able to play the long game because SEO is something that can get you found for literally years to come. It's not like a social media post. that's going to be super short lived. So I love it because Cynthia makes it super duper accessible. Like she, it doesn't feel overwhelming. And because I am an SEO novice, I ask a lot of really beginner questions. <laughs> Selfishly, I wanted to know the answer myself. So here we go. Here's this awesome interview with my friend, Cynthia. Welcome to Holistic Marketing Simplified, a podcast for health and wellness professionals looking to simplify their marketing. I'm your host, Molly Cahill, and this podcast is brought to you by Holistic Marketing Hub, our hybrid program that supports you with personalized coaching, caption templates, and virtual classrooms. In this program, we teach health and wellness professionals how to fish, but we also bait their hook. Head to holisticmarketinghub.com to learn more and use code podcast for $100 off. You can find full show notes, resources, and more at mollycahill.com slash podcast. Okay, Cynthia, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I was just on your podcast a few days ago and I just love, I don't know, you just have this like really calm, has anybody ever told you that? Like it's really calm, like you're just like chill. Yeah. Like I want to hang out with Cynthia. I'm going to fly to Central America and, or, well, well, I guess where, where are Argentina. you? Yeah, I'm okay. in Argentina. <laughs> yeah. That's Central, right? No, it's South America. South? Okay. We're, a little, no, like, we're a little down, more down. Like, South. Yeah. I should know that. Um, American <laughs> geography, not so great. So tell us a little bit about you, Cynthia, and how did you come to be in the SEO world? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, my name is Cynthia. I'm the owner and founder of Digital Bloom IQ. And uh, basically, I was working in a consulting firm before starting my business, and I was working with all these different clients in web analytics. And uh, and then I stumbled upon the female entrepreneur space, and I was like, wow, all these women are amazing. And I, I saw a lot of people talking about Instagram and social media, but not many people were talking about how to use their website. And so I decided, okay... I want to start my own business. And initially I was very much focused on web analytics, but I quickly discovered that for a small business, just focusing on web analytics wasn't really profitable. And so that's also when I pivoted a little bit into, well, initially a little and then all into SEO. And I realized that this was just like this huge gaping hole for small female founded businesses and, and even medium to small like a lot of these clients that I work with just had no idea because it just felt really technical and overwhelming and like out of their reach. And so that's where I wanted to make the most impact. And that's what we do today. We have a course and we have done for you services that um, really focus on attracting those people who are finding you, who are looking for you on Google already. Yeah. And you kind of have a middle of the road offer, which is what I'm going to take you up on, which is your keyword retainer, which is Yes. Like, as well. To me, it's like a hybrid. It's like done for you, but not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. To get you going. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to talk about, Cynthia has a free download too, that we're going to give you at the end of the show. But so I was just telling, before we hit record, I was telling Cynthia, my husband came in this morning and he's like, he's just looking at me like, are you okay? Cause I had like my coffee in my hand. The TV wasn't on. And I was just like staring at the wall and he's like, you have a thousand yard stare. I was like, 
well, I have this podcast interview at 930 and I'm trying to like, so I've been in online business for four years. So not a super long time. I have a team and I still, when anybody says SEO, my eyes glaze over. <laughs> and even you, like when you were explaining some stuff to me the other day, I was like, you were like, does that make sense? And I was like, no, but, um, <laughs> and so I was like, how do I make this podcast interview? Like something that's palatable for you that are listening. And like, it doesn't feel so overwhelming because there is a big chunk of you listening who I'm sure has somebody who professionally did your website, especially I have a lot of brick and mortar chiropractors who use, um, I'm going to plug perfect patients. It's somebody I do some collaborations with who actually, if you're a chiropractor and you need a site, they have a free setup if you use my link, but like a lot of times that, that piece is done for them. The SEO piece, like local, but then there's a lot of people who don't have the local SEO done for them. And there's, you know, I have a huge virtual like health and life coaching audience as well. So let's start with what I feel is kind of like the easy button, which is not out now trying to outsmart Google and playing into Google's hand, which is Google business profile. And it used to be called Google, my business. Yes. Um, they changed talk- it like a million times the name. <laughs> oh, don't even. So this is funny. Yes. Literally yesterday I was like, re- I'm doing some updates to the hub because And I was like, do I even want to update this insights classroom? Because literally when I looked at my insights last week, it looks different. So I'm like, it's just so annoying. I'm like, stop moving everything around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 They drive Um, us crazy with that. So Google business profile, what is it? And how is this? Like, how can people like it to me? It's just like the most accessible, easy way to start. Yeah. Yeah. So basically Google gives us this free platform that's connected with Google Maps and your just overall SEO strategy because it just tells the world and Google, hey, this business is here. (laughs) Right. And so if you have a physical location, you want people to find you physically right on a map. And so this is just one of the many directories that we recommend that you can register in. So we've got Yelp, Facebook, Apple Maps. I'm not going to get into all of them, but this is crucial if you have a physical space, right? Because you want people to find you. But you're going to talk about this for virtual as well, right? Like I, yes. I have a Google business profile and it doesn't have much on it, but like it's, it's on the list. It's on the list. It, yeah. I, if, you, <laughs> if you have a virtual business, you can set it up. It's just like a bonus, but mm. it's not, it doesn't have to be like the focus of your strategy, right? It's kind of like an extra thing that, again, helps you have kind of more of a presence, right? So one of the things that Google looks at is like, is this a real business? Like, is this is this legit, right? And so there's, I don't know how many web pages get created per day. I don't know if it's like thousands and thousands of sites get created each day. And so Google's job is to be like, okay, what's real and what's not. Mm -hmm. And so over time, if we can kind of like claim different parts of our accounts and our profiles, it helps Google be like, oh, okay, here's more proof that this is real. Like someone mentioned them, they're here, they're there. And so that's why it can be helpful as a virtual business to register your, your Google business profile. I love that. I love you said the, what what's real. One thing we're thinking about adding to our suite of services is those Google business profile updates. And when somebody first said updates, I'm like, yeah, like you update it. Like, you know, here's my hours. And it's like, no, I don't know why they call it updates. Do I still call it that? I mean, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you call it. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's, yeah, updates. It's essentially sure. a post. Like it looks yeah. just like a social media post. You can have an yeah. image, you can have right. a caption, yeah. if you will. Yeah. And our thought was if we're already off, like writing these captions for clients, we might as well throw it on their Google business profile. Because Absolutely. It's like happens. another, uh, like social media account, basically. Right. Exactly. And it's not like you would have to reinvent anything. I think the character count for the caption is slightly less than an Instagram caption, but right. yeah, it's something we're looking to offer in the fall. We just have to wait until we have the training to do it. We're just waiting to have like the bandwidth to actually implement it, but mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, I feel like that's kind of like an easy button. Like you can pretty easily set up your Google business profile. You don't have to be super tech savvy to do that. Yeah. You have to claim it. Sometimes they like call you or they send you a letter. 
because again, they want to know, are you real? (laughs) Yeah. And so that takes time. So I tell all my clients or, you know, anybody listening, get started sooner rather than later, because sometimes it just takes a month to get that like snail mail letter (laughs) (laughs) or even them calling you. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say that because when we lived in Florida, I tried to do it and I was supposed to get that postcard or whatever with like a Mm -hmm. code and it never came. Right. And then when we moved to Ohio, I did it and it like automatically verified me. Oh, was, interesting. Yeah, it could was, depend on the state. Yeah. Yeah. It was bizarre. I was like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So let's shift gears a little bit. And because we talked about, is this real? That really is like a good segue into um, the conversation of EAT, which is not EAT. Uh, I mean, it is people call it eat, but you're not like eating these things, (laughs) but it stands for expertise. What is it? Authority, go ahead. Authoritativeness and trustworthiness. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like back in the day, anybody and everybody could be like, give out health and wellness advice Mm -hmm. and you had a higher potential of ranking on Google, but that's not really the case anymore. So do you want to talk about that? Yes. Um, and actually, uh, it was recently updated to EEAT to make it even E8. Eat, eat. Okay. So the, the first E now is experience, oh. expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. So yeah, so basically exactly like you said previously, I want to say like five to 10 years ago, which in internet land is like light years away, you could write about anything. You can say like mangoes cure cancer. And if someone was searching that, you know, they could find you. And there were a lot of scam artists and people taking advantage and hacking the system. And there still are black hat SEOs that, you know, do things to hack um, SEO and Google. But um, if you're an honest business, and especially if you're a health and wellness professional, those of you listening, I know you're very passionate about healing people and helping people online. And so basically, on top of targeting words that people are searching, you need to be able to show Google, hey, I am authorized. I'm an expert. I have experience and I'm trustworthy. I know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about these things. And if you're not a doctor, like if you're not an actual medical professional, there's actually ways to get around this as well, because Google also wants to feature. I mean, it depends on the keyword and there's like nuances to it, but basically you want to be touching each of these letters on your site and offsite to say to Google, hey, I'm a professional. Like I have people who I've helped already. I have case studies. Um, Here are my credentials. So one easy way to get started on EEAT is to have a page on your site, apart from your about page, because I don't think this should go on the about page. It should be like credentials or if you have a team, again, your team credentials that should say, okay, these are all the things we're licensed in. If you have pictures of the certifications, that's great. If you want to link back If you were certified by like the board of chiropractors, blah, 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 you want to link to the site. You want to link to, if you're listed on that site, you want to link to that listing. Um, So these are ways to just show Google and humans because humans are also paying attention and they're more important to say, okay, (laughs) this yeah. (laughs) Hey, let's use the health and life coach example a little more. Uh, Like if they're certified, let's say for like, uh, what is the big, all you, all my health coach people are going to be like, Molly, you should know this. There's a big health coach. I enough. Yes. Yes. That one. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I something. Yes. Yes. Y'all are all going to be like, Molly, you should know this. Let's go with like hormones, for example. Like if I'm not a doctor, cause, cause I feel like with the chiropractors, they are doctors. So like, they don't struggle with this as much as the life coaches who aren't therapists, yes. and the health coaches who aren't doctors. So let's just use hormones for an example. No, it's a great, it's a good question because I get Mm -hmm. asked a lot. And I think a lot of people get intimidated because they're like, oh no, I'm not a doctor. I can't talk. So what I recommend is to go towards on the content side, like on your website, to lean towards like lifestyle pieces that talk about hormones and and lifestyle, right? So it's not like pure medical like jargon, right? Because that's Ah. probably not what you want to talk about anyway. But you're like talking about on a hormones and sleep or hormones and um, mood. And like, so these are things that, yes, it's medical, but you are actually more trained to talk about that than maybe like the pure, you know, medical like, I don't know, how does a hormone work sort of thing. Right? Yeah. And and you're licensed to to speak to that, right? So 
again, the process that I teach is to do your keyword research to look at who are you competing against, right? So if you're competing against like WebMD, okay, <laughs> we can try that, but maybe not every single keyword is like uh, like that. But if you did want to, you would look at, okay, how can my content contrast this other competitor, right? Because WebMD is like a very strong authoritative website. So one thing you could do is talk about an experience, the first E, right? So you can talk about your experience with helping someone with hormones and sleep because WebMD is going to have less of that. Yes, they have yeah. medical professionals writing that, but they're not going to have a long story. They're not going to have a video or a podcast episode that talks about that journey of healing hormones that help with sleep, right? So you want to, if you're going to do a, a high competitive and a high volume keyword, you want to be strategic about how you approach that. Now, again, that's not all your keywords or it could be some, but um, you want to, yeah, think about how you want to approach and be different in that search result so that Google sees that as well. Because Google likes to show us different options on that first page of Google. That's, I love, this is like, I have so many questions, follow-up questions. <laughs> yeah. So two things. One, I know one thing that you can do, which is, you know, definitely not the easy button, but is to have your post medically reviewed. Like you could be like, yes, medically absolutely. reviewed by Dr. Cynthia. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what would that look like? Yeah. So I've had clients. Um, I actually had a, a fantastic client. She did herbal tea, uh, like organic yeah. loose leaf teas. And then on the site, we were talking about how the teas helped with sleep hormones, mm -hmm. but she wasn't a doctor. So right. she had herbalists on her team, right. That were helping with the, and so we had it, we had a team page that was very clear about each of the herbalists licensing certifications experience. And it was like a nice paragraph. Um, and you could even have that on a different page again, if you're worried, like it's just too much information on one page. And then I think she also did hire at some point, like a nutritionist or a doctor to also verify. So we had that person on the team page and then we also had them included as part of the author. So you'll see this on WebMD, I believe you'll have like two authors. One is like the copywriter or the writer. And then you have the, the doctor who's like verifying. So that is a great way to show Google and humans, again, humans, Google, hey, like we are professional. We don't just talk about this stuff because we feel like it, we have a doctor who's reviewing and like we're citing things, we're, we're linking back to study statistics. And so these are some ways to start to really include that EEAT on the website. And then I know another thing you could do is like, you can link out to sources, right? That are maybe yeah, have site, a higher yeah. authority. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you have a statistic or if you have some sort of graph or anything that you want to mention from other sites. I mean, I do this with SEO. Like I don't spend, I don't have the resources to collect statistics, but I do want to share them with my audience. So I'll just link, I just usually link the text. I mean, sometimes you could yeah. do like a quote and you could get more like technical around the citations. Um, it just depends on how, how much medical, like how much you go into the medical arena versus lifestyle, right? It, and it depends on how you're, uh, yeah, how you're talking about things. So, but yeah, that helps a lot as well. Yeah. I'll, I had somebody help me with my SEO like two years ago and she was asking about my college degree and stuff. And I was like, why did she, I didn't, like, I didn't get it. And I was like, oh, cause my degree actually is in public relations and communications oh, and marketing. And so I was like, oh, like I do, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like adding, I feel like college just feels like so, so long ago that I'm like, why do you want to know what? My degrees in, but it, it's yeah, fun. all that adds up. Everything adds up. Um, it doesn't again, have to be at the forefront. And if you don't, like I had one, it wasn't a client, but it was someone who asked me, she was someone who had lost a lot of weight eating like a specific type of food. Like she had like this whole food methodology, but mm -hmm. she wasn't, I don't even think she was a nutritionist. And so that was really tricky because it's like, okay, you're sharing this methodology, but, and, and she had a lot of knowledge because she had tested a lot herself, but that's where you would lean on the experience, right? So you really ah. want to push just like someone who's had like brain surgery, talking about their brain surgery, that's experience that could still rank 
now you that person's not lying and saying, hey, I'm a I'm a surgeon, but they're saying, hey, I had this experience of, you know, whatever they got brain surgery for cancer or something. And so people are searching. They want to find someone okay. who's been through that. Right. So you have to think about that intention of what people are searching. And if you don't have the medical certifications, there are ways of getting around it. But in general, you know, if you're talking about something that's going to impact someone's life, you need to show Google that you're you're legit, right? You're certified to talk about that. Okay. That that's incredible. So let's talk about the, we talked about this at the beginning, like the elephant in the room is like, um, Cynthia, do I have to blog every week? Like, what do you mean keyword? Like we'll get into keywords in a little bit too. So don't worry. In general, how do you start to even think about ranking? I mean, does your social media play into that? Do if you're featured on another podcast, does that play in? Like, do I have to be putting tons of this beautiful keyworded content on my website, like every week, but how does, what does that look like? Yeah. So when I teach my clients and students around building an SEO routine, we really look at like, what time do they have right now? Like do what resources do they have? Do they have time? Do they have a team? Is there a VA who could help with this? Or do they literally have like an hour every two weeks that they could dedicate? So I start with that because otherwise you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. And I know time is like, it expands, it contracts, like you could probably squeeze a little more time, but I rather just be like, okay, what are we going to commit to? Just like if you go to the gym, right? Like, what do you want to commit to in the next 90 days? And 90 days is just like a nice chunk of time. So you can like, think about that. And so some people, you don't have to blog weekly if that's not what you can fit in, because I prefer that you blog monthly and do that consistently for 90 days versus doing wow. it weekly for a month and then giving up, right? That's what I prefer because SEO is a long game. Yeah. And so we're looking at building these routines because I know that if you blog monthly, if you do it for 90 days and you start to see some results, you're going to be like, okay, let's do it like every two weeks. And then you kind of like get excited and you see like someone found you, they say, Hey, I found you through Google. And you're like, oh, and so now, and then you decide, okay, I want to like have a team helping me with this, or I want to spend more time doing this. So that's how I find most of my clients get started is like, they find a, I don't like the word realistic, but they find like a manageable time to start with this and they dedicate that for at least a nice three months. And then they they start to learn how to track those results. And so to answer your question also about like, is this connected with social media? Absolutely. I recommend latching this routine on to anything that's already consistent. So if you sit down weekly to write social media content, could you add on half an hour to that to like pull out a blog post or pull out a concept for a blog post? If you sit down and, and schedule your post for the month, could you add on like an hour to that at the end and just be like, okay, it looks like this month we're talking about this topic. Could I just take a, a couple of these posts and like just make it a blog post? So mm -hmm. latching it onto an existing routine is a way that just certifies it's going to happen. It's going to happen because you're already doing the other thing, right? And yeah. it also just aligns with the rest of your marketing, which is a good practice anyway. Can I ask you about the difference in a social media post versus a blog post? And I do, I do just want to stop and say, if you want to learn about Instagram quote SEO or Instagram keywords, I was just on Cynthia's podcast and we'll link that episode below. So you can listen to it from that angle. Yes. But let's talk about, so let's just say, for example, an Instagram post is 2,200 characters. What, how long should a blog post, like what's the shortest you could get away with? You feel like, and is there an advantage to longer versus shorter? Uh, I love this question and I always, it's kind of controversial, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that's no, that's I've, I've heard that too. No, from my, my people, dear friend, Kate. People like Google's not like, it doesn't have a part of the algorithm that's like, okay, how many words? Like one, two, three, four. Yeah. I mean, maybe it does have a part of the algorithm that does judge like just the overall concept of a page. But what really matters is, is that blog post helpful? So I've had a client who's on page one for several keywords and her blog posts for 500 words, even some were shorter and she was doing very well. Now, the difference is that she did blog more frequently. And I think she actually had periods. It was a lifestyle blog and she was blogging on some days like daily. She had like a really, a really interesting schedule. Most people are like weekly or biweekly or even monthly. So 
the first step to this whole SEO thing is to get clear of like, what are people searching? How do I want to be found? Right. And what's connected to what I'm selling because ranking for, for the sake of ranking, isn't really enough as a business. We want to connect it to something that we are going to sell, right? Cause we're here to make money. So even working your way backwards of like, what are the objections to someone getting to buying this thing or like what is going on in their life before they buy this thing? So if again, you're a health professional, maybe they're feeling some pain or maybe they're uncomfortable, they feel shame around some situation in their life. And so starting to identify those situations and those questions, that's going to lead you to do keyword research. So keywords are just phrases that people ask in Google. And us doing SEO is just identifying those phrases and using them consciously on our sites to create helpful content that actually impacts people's lives. So you could essentially take an Instagram post, not really change much except for like add a head, like an H1 or whatever it is that was the keywords. And you could essentially. Yeah, I mean. Sort of. Yes. So I I do recommend if you are writing or if you have someone like on your team writing for Instagram, you can take that as a concept for a blog post, but you still need to go and like think about how is someone having the experience of the blog because Instagram is a very different experience than a website. right? Right. So I don't recommend copying and pasting and then like and even I don't recommend copying and pasting and then just slapping on the title and stuff. I, I recommend taking that content There's probably a large chunk of it that you will just leave it as it is, but thinking about, okay, do we add like an infographic? Do we add a video? Do Uh, we add, we add links, internal links, right? We add images. We add like an outline at the top that says, okay, this is what we cover and you can skip to sections. We add a case study. The beauty of a blog versus Instagram is we can like get into it you know like it's kind of like inviting someone into your house you can like get go in yeah. and really fully i don't know what the equivalent of in, instagram's like the cottage maybe and well, no like instagram's like the front yard right it's like <laughs> does this house interests me i didn't ask i'm driving down the road i didn't right. ask to see this house but i happen to be driving past this house and it exactly. piqued my interest and yeah. to me that's that's the whole difference in i was talking to my personal chiropractor because they have these really great videos on their Instagram, but they're they're meant for YouTube. And I'm like, that's not going to perform well on Instagram because yes. people aren't typically on Instagram. They're not seeking the stuff out as much as they're just being shown it. And it's like, exactly. do you like it? Do not. It's like, hey, yes. you like this? You like this? No, you don't. Okay, <laughs> next one. You like this? You like this? No, next one. Whereas with like YouTube or Google, people are seeking out that information so you don't have to catch their attention in the like 0.2 seconds you have with a reel. Exactly. Because someone chose to seek out that information. Whereas exactly. with an Instagram post, you got to hook them right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, not totally. Again, we talk about on my episode, how people can actually search things on yes. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is searching. funny how fast your algorithm learns. Yeah, I feel like that's it's a whole lesson with like going back to your question is, yes, like with a blog, if you can write 2000 words useful. Right. So I'm not saying just write 2000 words because Cynthia says to write 2000 words. I'm (laughs) saying like if it's helpful to your audience to write a really in-depth blog post that covers different aspects of how you help them and, and goes into a case study and has a beautiful image or some sort of table or something then absolutely it's like yeah you're inviting someone over for coffee but you're rushing them out the door no like you have the cookies you have the tray you have the beautiful <laughs> yeah. like show it off you know and then they're gonna click around right so show them other related posts show them your services give them an opportunity to book a time with you right don't just rush them out um and so I feel like a lot of people like it's okay. They're, these are all skills that you get to learn is like, they don't really know how to build that blog post. That's going to convert. They just think, Oh, it's, it's, you know, people are going to find us and they'll just buy from us. Eventually. It's like, no, you need to really invite them right in yeah. and, and have that, like whatever your brand experience is, you want to think about how you're doing that on a, on a blog post. That's and if the, blog, if the word blog bothers you, because a lot of people get stuck with that word blog. Yeah, they make do. Another yeah. word like articles, yeah. thoughts, musings, notes. Like I've had yeah. clients like 
may, it doesn't matter. It's like text on your website. That's helping your people. <laughs> right. One thing I would love to know more about is like information pages, sales pages, services pages, like whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Do you find that those rank often, or do you think it's usually more of the educational media stuff? So they, they can't rank. It's just a different strategy. So someone who's, for example, looking for, let's go back to the hormones. So like hormone course for moms, I don't know. It's a little generic, but like, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. like how do I balance my hormones by myself? (laughs) That's probably more educational. Right. But if someone's like searching course or services or nutritionists, like hormone nutritionists (laughs) for moms, you could have a sales page that targets that keyword and that's a trend. It's called a transactional keyword. So it's someone who's ready to buy someone oh. who's like ready to buy. So absolutely. Now that shouldn't be the only thing you're doing, but it can absolutely be infused in your sales pages. I've had many clients who have cor- courses work really well because they're lower, lower in some t- cases, they're lower price points. So you have a higher chance of converting on that first visit, which we all want, like yeah, just like right. those Stripe payments and PayPal payments coming in magically. And so if you can have the keyword, if you can do keyword research and, and look at, are people searching specifically for my course that can, yeah, that can work for you. Absolutely. That's funny you say that I've started using or not started. I often, off and on for a long time, I've been using like the hashtag Instagram course as one of yeah. the hashtags. I don't always use it, but, or I'll use like a uh, social media manager, Instagram management, you know, that right. type of thing. So, so let's, uh, I have two more questions to ask and then we'll, we'll wrap it up, but we keep talking about keyword research. And to me, yes. this is where I get hung up. So <laughs> It's like when I hear keyword, I think one word, but then there's like phrases and there's long tail keywords. And I just get so confused (laughs) because I'll use me as an example. Like I would love to rank for like chiropractic marketing or like health coach marketing or whatever. But if you look at those, there's such high competition. What's kind of the difference in like ranking for gut health versus how do I heal my acid reflux naturally? Like kind of like, what's the, you know what what I'm saying? Like, that's where I get hung up. Like what's, are they both keywords? Like what's, how does that work? Yeah. So keywords, it's weird. Yeah. Keyword is actually could be several words. People have asked me that before. I'd never thought about it, but it's like, it's singular, but it's actually, it's usually a phrase. There are one word keywords, but in general, that's not what we're targeting because it's really competitive or it's someone who's like searching for Facebook. I mean, they're going to place like that's not really what we want unless you sell a tool or I mean, people might be searching your name or your brand name. Those are also keywords, right? So Molly Ah. Cahill, we talked about that for Instagram. Like you want to be showing up on that first page and there might be other Molly Cahills, but like maybe someone's searching like Molly Cahill social media or something like that. And so you want to make sure that you're showing up there. So those are branded keywords. So my, my favorite analogy for this is, and maybe some of you aren't into sports, but I used to play a lot of basketball. And so on a basketball team, you have like, I don't know, in total, maybe you have like 20 people. Um, But then on the court in an active game, you have five. And so a lot of these are like the star players and there's some players that are good at shooting and getting the basket in the, in the the ring. And there's others that are good at passing, defending, that sort of thing. Same thing with your keywords. So some of your keywords are star players, right? So they're on that first page, they're getting you leads, they're getting you clients. Other keywords might be better at passing. So they're still attracting traffic, but maybe they're passing that traffic to other pages and they're not directly converting and others are just filler. (laughs) Like they're not doing much. They're still part of the team, but you need to have them, right? You need to have those pages because you might be sending clients to that like objections page or that FAQ page or whatever. Maybe the things that aren't like, they don't have tons of volume, but they're still attracting a little bit and they're serving a purpose on your site. So when you start to think about it that way, you don't have to put so much pressure on having to rank for all the high volume. High volume just means it's getting a lot of searches and a lot is relative. But let's say it's getting like a thousand searches per month, which could be for your business, like really nice to get a thousand potential opportunities coming to your site each month. Right. Yeah. yeah. So if if we take that pressure off, 
we can suddenly look at our website as a team, like a sports team. So everybody's working together in the same direction and you don't, you get to like choose who you focus on. So the strategy I recommend for a lot of my clients is like, let's put out five players, five keywords with a variety of skills. So some are potentially page one star players. Others maybe are like at the bottom of page one, or maybe you're sending traffic a different way to that site because Google looks at our site as a whole, right? So you could have the best keywords, but if your site isn't working as a whole, so if people aren't having a nice experience overall, you're not going to rank either. And so once you put out those five initial keywords that, again, we want to make sure that they're getting at least 100 searches per month, but they're not all like thousands and thousands of searches, right? You can start to track their progress. And so you can use a tool like the Google Search Console, which is a free tool that Google gives us to look at, okay, I targeted this keyword intentionally. I see that I'm on page 50 of Google, right? Like I'm way down Ah. at the bottom of the barrel. But next month you check in and now you're on page 20. Okay, I'm still at the bottom of the barrel, but I'm moving. Then next month you check in and now you're on page five of Google. Okay, this keyword player is showing potential because it's growing. It's showing progress. And so now you can be, okay, we're going to train. We're going to work on this page. We're going to see, okay, how can we continue to send traffic? How can we continue to improve this page? What do we need to do to get this page to page one? Because we all start with a website that doesn't have traffic. We all start with a website with keywords that are in like a hundred position, like really low, but it's about tracking that progress. And so you can start to, again, look at your keywords as a whole. And over time you will have keywords that get to page one, but it's because you, you looked at who you needed to focus on and you could spend that time because we're all busy. We've all got limited time. And so I think one of the reasons people avoid SEO, it just feels overwhelming. Like putting all those, this blog content, you don't know if it's going to like give you a return on your investment. So if you can look at that progress and also do that keyword research initially to see, okay, this keyword, it does look like it's getting traffic. You can invest your time more intentionally. I'm just like wrapped. My brain is, I'm like, whoa, because <laughs> my, my next question was going to be like, what tool we talked about a hundred searches a month. Like, how do you even look that up? Like what, what's kind of the range you like to have your smaller, like just starting out health coach, life coach, you know, like I, I, maybe I'm, I've added functional medicine to my brick and mortar like existing business, like what do you kind of tell people to look for in that sweet spot? So instead of looking at specific numbers, I instead look at, I I tell people to look at kind of the relationship between how many searches they're getting per month and the competition. Cause that's like a better indicator because you could have a keyword that has a lot of searches and it's really high competition. Like we talked about before with, I can't remember what keyword. Yeah. Like If you wanted to target that keyword, you could, but now that you have that information, you're going to approach that keyword differently and you're going to look at your competition on that page. You're going to do a little bit more research maybe versus a keyword that has medium to high, um, you know, searches and like low competition. So you don't have as much as many other websites to compete against on the search results. So there's no like minimum, like if you want to target a keyword that's getting 10 searches per month. And if you wanted to write key, like a lot of people are like, oh, can I just, I want to write about this thing. Can I write about it? Yes. Like you don't need my permission. I always laugh because what happens is all these tools, like there's different tools we can use to do keyword research. Some are free, some are paid. I'll mention in a second, some ideas, but I've had some clients who they're so in touch with what their clients and their audience are needing. And these keyword tools just pick up on data. They're not like they're not oracles, right? So like sometimes like a client will start that, like I had this, this loose leaf teeth client say to me, like, I just want to write this thing. I want to write this thing. I'm like, write it. Like, you don't need me to like, you are the expert in your audience, your business, please. Like I'm doing the SEO component, but you need to do you. Right. So she wrote about this thing and she was, you know, very passionate. And that keyword ended up being a page one keyword because it wasn't showing up in these tools yet because she was just like at the cusp of what her audience was needing. And so Ah. there's just 
if you're in touch with your audience and I still recommend doing keyword research and doing all this SEO stuff, but if you're in touch with what your people are needing, you're going to rank, you're going to rank. Right. And so this, what this is meant to do is unlock your creativity, not suppress it. So you Uh, get to choose which keywords you want to be SEO kind of intentional on. And then there's going to be others where you're like, look, I just want to write about this. Like I just, I have this content on Instagram. I think it's useful. I can share it with my audience. I'm going to write about it. I'm not even going to worry too much about the SEO part. And so you get to have both worlds and it doesn't have to be like conflicting. Right. So can I go back and ask a clarifying question about the difference between like gut health versus how do I heal my acid reflux naturally? Like those are both keywords essentially, right? Yeah. So if someone's searching gut health, what do you think they're like needing when they're searching that? Because it doesn't give us too much information. It seems like they're kind of, they could be like a medical student. uh, Okay. You, I don't know how old you are. You you feel about, you look about my age, probably a little younger, but I, um, I feel like the older generation doesn't realize the power of Google. And so they will just type in just something really generic and then like poke around to find it. Whereas I feel like the younger generation literally will search the exact, like I, okay. Like for ordering pizza from the, you know, mellow mushroom down the street, I wouldn't just type in mellow mushroom. I would type in like mellow mushroom, Westchester menu. Right. Because I know that that's going to just pop right up. So Mm -hmm. I I think, I think, I don't know if it's just age or like, I don't know. Cause I, even with my husband, who's actually a year younger than me, sometimes I'll be like, well, why don't you just Google, like add in (laughs) this word to go, like he'll Google something really generic. And I'm like, don't Google, you know, landscaping, Google, like landscaping for Cincinnati, Ohio in the wit, like the summer, you know what I mean? So (laughs) I don't know, maybe that plays into it. So there's two things here. Um, First thing, market research, which we haven't talked about. Oh, we kind of talked about, but taking that step before even looking at your keywords and being like, who's your person? What's their age? How do they use Google? So you can ask your audience, like, how do you use Google? Like, I've done this before. Like, if you needed to do, if you need to find this, how would you, what would you put in the Google search? Um, And even talking to clients that have already hired you and saying, hey, like, we just take the five minutes or, you know, whatever you could offer them something in return. Or if you have a good relationship, you can be like, okay, like if you were searching for this problem in Google, how would you, you know, how would you search for it? So getting a little bit of that live qualitative market research is really helpful to complement the data and the like the cold, whatever quantitative um, metrics that you would use for in keyword research. That's one thing. And then on the other side, Google's really smart. Like if you're, if you're searching like landscaping, it's going to give you, yeah, a more broad search. And so if you are, I mean, that's outside of what we were talking about. So let's say like hormone nutritionist, right? That's like a very broad keyword. We don't know. It sounds like they're maybe searching for hormone nutritionist, but maybe they're also like someone who wants to become a hormone nutritionist. I don't know. I see what you're you're going to have those keywords in your website because that's what you're talking about, right? So it's yeah. going to happen one way or another. If you then have like another keyword, that's like how I became a hormone nutritionist as part of this EAT, you can talk about your story or like hormone nutritionist services on your services page, that sort of thing. So that keyword, that like more broad keyword is going to get automatically infused anyway. Um, but you still want to think about that intention of what someone is needing, yeah, right? The phrase, on the other yeah, side of the, the search. More phrasing, like, because yeah. this is another thing I learned from my friend, Kate Korsmeyer, like the difference between what you think of as like a traditional blog, like example, I was on Pinterest last night and I was looking at, like, I have a very eclectic decor style. And so I was like looking up some like inspiration and, you know, you go to that more traditional blog and they make money typically like if they don't offer, let's say design services, they make money by traffic, just sheer traffic to their site. They've got Mm pop-up ads. They're getting paid per ad. They maybe have a sponsored post and affiliate marketing. We're not, that's typically not my market. Right. right? So what I learned from her, and this is something you and I've talked about too, is we're more of conversion sites, right? Like Mm -hmm. I can't handle 3000 new clients a month. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, so 
you don't need, you couldn't handle 3000 new patients in your clinic. Um, So you don't need that sheer volume. I feel like you Mm -hmm. don't have to play the numbers game as much Mm -hmm. when you're just looking for like individuals into your virtual practice or like, yeah, I'd love to sell that many of my course. Right. But like, still that would probably create a bottleneck of some sort. Cause I'd have like customer service ish, you know? And so when you do have those more specific, like, cause what am I, what made me think about this whole example is what am I, my personal health and life coach who I've worked with for years. And then she's hired me to do some of her social media posts um, she's, you know, gut health is so saturated now that she's like, which don't get me started on that. Every market saturated, but, um, <laughs> she's like, I don't see a lot of people focusing on acid reflux, like specifically. And so we did a lot of her content around acid reflux specifically. So again, like, I mean, even if you just got 10 people who, like you said, were searching that exact thing, like you're meeting that exact need for them. And I feel like mm-hmm. there's a lot of just like, like, that's amazing. Like, that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my strategy, so I, I trigger my clients a lot because sometimes I'll get them to do a more broad keyword, like acid reflux healing guide. I don't know if you wanted yeah. to like yeah. target that. And so some people feel intimidated by that because it's just so broad. I like to have at least one of those, I call them like in-depth guide, like a really meaty sort of thing, because it's still helpful to your audience. Now, is that all your strategy? No, I agree. You need to have these like just more longer, more specific keywords and questions that people are asking. Um, But you get to, if you're starting, I always just recommend having a little bit of a combo, like the, like the analogy with the players is like, you can't have all-star players and you can't have all defensive players because you're going to have a problem, right? So just do a little bit of everything. um, And then you can kind of see how the chips fall and you can see, because maybe you, you know, your audience does need more of that like guide, or maybe there's like this spot for you in that page one of Google for that thing. But That's why doing the market research, doing the keyword research, that helps you start to like look at that, be conscious about that strategy. And then when you put it out there, you can track that progress and then learn from that. So you see, okay, this one seems to have made more progress. I'm going to like go back and improve that. A lot of people don't talk about that. It's like, you don't have to pump out new content once you've got the ball rolling. It's more about maintaining old posts and continuing Uh... to make them relevant right and and just making sure that everything's working fine um so a lot of my clients that have worked with me that's their job now like they're not actually creating tons and tons yeah they still publish content new content once in a while but it's more about maintaining the ones that are on page one and maintaining that like top one position um which is totally different than social media because we're so trained to like new new content like reels you know all the time (laughs) well that's why I like the combination of both because like I feel like social media can give you more of an immediate win whereas yes is your website and stuff is like more of like the long haul it's Mm -hmm. like it's like a heavier lift in the beginning, but then it's yes. like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's like an like? invest. It's like a long-term yeah. investment, right? Like retirement. I don't know, like probably not that long, but you start to see those. It yeah. just feels magical. Like I've had clients, again, this loose leaf tea client, she each once in a while, she'll email me. She's like, we're still ranking for that keyword, that that blog post you helped us with like three, four years ago. Like she's on wow. page one of this and she hardly touches it. So she's like, like, that's the prime example of like you just create this beautiful content you spend some time and it doesn't have to take tons of time like I'm sure most of you could write a great blog post in about an hour I think it's more the it's just different to write a long form piece like we're yeah (laughs) we've been we've actually been using chat gpt a lot for not to just write because obviously it chat GPT doesn't understand nuance, but once I started playing around with it more, I was like, wow. Like I didn't think with the topics that we cover with chiropractors and whatnot. Now, even I thought, oh, it'll get the pain and chiropractic stuff easy because that's Mm -hmm. like what people think of. I was Mm -hmm. like, it's not going to know about non-pain, non-pain is that word, <laughs> going to the chiropractor for reasons other than pain. Yeah. And, and it struggled, right? Like it, but I, I kind of had to keep prompting it and keep prompting it and be like, well, tell me more about this thing, you know, tell yes. me more about this thing. And it eventually got there and we don't use it a lot, but like every once in a while we'll have clients who 
We love you, but we would love more photos and videos from you, please. Thank you. <laughs> that we're having to like go back and reuse the same photos and the same videos yeah. over and over and over again. And so we're like, how do we make this a new piece of content? And so Rachel, who's our team lead for the agency, who's just, I just freaking love her. And she basically runs the ship, but she found, we have a client who like notoriously never gives us photos or videos. And she found five of that particular client outside and she put them together in a reel. And she asked chat GPT, what are five reasons you should spend more time outdoors? Right. And it kind of like generated and like one of them, I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like you need to go. <laughs> and then, you know, we add our own words because it can be kind of repetitive, yes. but Jana who introduced us, Jana O media, like yes. she's got a great um, program teaching you how to use chat GPT, still be in your own voice. Right. And yeah, like, like use, cause so I'm hiring Cynthia for your keyword retainer starting in July and I was thinking about my strategy is probably going to be, so let's just say I like, like three new ones. And then like one, let's go back and look like mm -hmm. retrospectively yeah. what I can kind of like repair and not repair, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so anyway, I'm sorry. I could talk to you for ages. How do people find you? Like, how can they get started? What's the best way to get started with you chat with you? Yeah. So, um, on my site, if you go to digitalbloomiq.com, I have podcasts and I have a blog and there's a bunch of free resources. I have a 90 day SEO plan, which is a three, four part live webinar training, um, which is at digitalbloomiq.com slash 90 day SEO plan. And so that's a great place to start because I go through kind of the foundations of SEO and keyword research. It's very matching with this uh, episode. And so that's a great place. And and honestly, if you're feeling overwhelmed by, by all this, I just recommend start small, start small. Yeah. And eventually down the line, you're going to have the ball rolling and you can decide you want to hire this out if you want your VA. Um, I have courses that are actually for web developers and VAs because I find a, a lot of small businesses are just like, don't make me do my SEO. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, a web developer could handle some of this. Like that's, that's like in their realm. Like, and so that's why I create a lot of trainings for team members so that the business owner just doesn't get bombarded by, uh, you know, another more information. <laughs> yeah. Start with Google business profile or like those directories yeah. too. Like you talked about, I yes. mean, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Thank you yeah. so much, Cynthia. This was, like I said, I could sit here. I was like looking at the time. I was like, oh, I could ask her five more million questions, but I appreciate <laughs> you so much. And again, if you want to hear from the more Instagram keyword, hashtag SEO standpoint, we'll link my episode on Cynthia's digitally overwhelmed podcast below. Perfect. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Holistic Marketing Simplified, brought to you by Holistic Marketing Hub, our hybrid program that supports you with personalized coaching, caption templates, and virtual classrooms. In this program, we teach health and wellness professionals how to fish, but we also bait their hook. Head to holisticmarketinghub.com to learn more and use code PODCAST for $100 off. And hey, you know how every podcaster at the very end of their episode asks you to rate and review their podcast? Well, that's because it's super important. These podcasts take a lot of time and heart and effort to produce to bring you free information. So in order for me to be able to continue doing that, we need more people to find out about the show. So if you could, please just take like two minutes out of your very busy day to leave me a rating and share this on your Instagram stories and tag at Molly A. Cahill. That's C-A-H-I-L-L. -L. I would greatly, greatly appreciate your support. I truly appreciate you so much. I know your time is valuable and I can't wait to see you in the next episode. Premium being done.